When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, one final segment from the Combine. Emotions are high here between myself and Sage Rosenfels, and we've got a few more things to get to, but I want to just talk about what teams we are most fascinated by as we start to get hot and heavy here with the draft. And I have another mock, and we need to analyze this mock because it's mock draft season. So let's let's just start with which teams we really are fascinated by, what they're going to do. And I'm going to try and shoot for some under-the-radar ones, and then we could take this whatever direction you want to go, Sage. But I'll start this out with saying that I think the Detroit Lions are the most interesting team in the entire draft season because they have so many different directions they could go. They could try to solve a cornerback issue by drafting Jeff Okuda right away. They could also draft Tua. They could trade down instead of trying to draft uh, Tua and let somebody else do it, like the Miami Dolphins. Or Tua could go number two with someone trading up with Washington and then put... Uh, Detroit in an interesting position or there's Isaiah Simmons who no one even knows what position the guy plays they just know he's really good at football I also think that they have the potential to be a good team next year and surprise us especially if that number three pick is a difference maker right away so Detroit is mine yeah I think that's uh that's a good one to go with because you know I by by the way I was talking to somebody from Detroit last night somebody on their staff and they love they they think Matthew Stafford still totally has it uh they think sort of without Matthew Stafford, that team has a lot of issues. I mean, he's the one that's sort of been holding that thing together. They just need to get better players around him. So uh, it, it seems to me that the Detroit Lions, for having a really, really high pick in this draft, they don't want a quarterback, which makes them super interesting because yes. of all the yes. you know the, the, the trades that they can go after somebody else. I can definitely, definitely see them moving down and getting some other players. I see them going defense with their first pick, uh, you know, just because they have a defensive head coach in Matt Patricia. They'd love to have probably another cornerback or something or a good pass rusher, uh, you know, on that defense. It seems like defense. Of coaches love to draft defensive players uh, because you know for every good coordinator, there's very rarely do you have a good defensive coordinator who doesn't have great players. Right. That's just sort of the yeah. way you know it, it sort of works. And so I think they're interesting for sure. As always, I think the Dallas Cowboys 
are a fascinating team. And of course, they're the Cowboys. And everybody loves talking about the Cowboys, but new head coach. They're a team that does have a lot of talent. I mean, I think there's plenty of talent on this roster. The reason, one of the reasons Jason Garrett got fired uh, was because they think they have talent, but it wasn't used properly. And they're, you know, an, an average sort of 500 football team. And, you know, you know, last year, Dak Prescott's got this uh, uh, situation, uh, you know, at the quarterback position with his contract and he's a free agent. And, you know, they said that he wants 40 and the team wants to give 30 and is 35 too much. And, you know, do, do you go $35 million to a quarterback? who's not great, but maybe just sort of good to sort of very good. I think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. Uh, but, you know, Mike McCarthy is going to be there. Uh, whether he calls plays or doesn't call plays and what's the offense and all those types of things, that seems to be, you know, sort of fascinating for me. Amari Cooper, their number one wide receiver, who they traded a first-round draft pick for uh, just two seasons ago. He's a free agent as well. Yeah, they're always one of those teams who doesn't have a ton of salary cap money. Jerry does spend that cash, so they don't have a ton uh, of space there. So I see the Dallas Cowboys being an interesting team in this draft and in free agency coming up in about three weeks. So broad question on the Dallas Cowboys. Are they really far ahead of everyone else in terms of roster in the NFC East if Dak stays, which I'm sure he will, that they'll just franchise tag him if they can't come to an agreement on a contract. But Amari Cooper goes. Like, are they still more talented than the other teams because i think they were last year by a very wide margin and yet still only went eight and eight and that's why they have a new coach um but if amari cooper goes Dak prescott has been a different quarterback without amari cooper and he's a free agent so this is a great wide receiver draft but of course you're still rolling the dice if you're trying to fill a spot with the wide receiver like do we think that they're going to be really good because i could see a lot of outcomes here yeah i'm not sure they're going to be really good i, I just find them fascinating yeah you know okay. i think there's just a lot of variables yeah. there you know a lot of sort of unrest and you know obviously you know first year head coach with mike mccarthy uh you know you know coming from green bay so you know it should be really interesting of course mike also being out of football for a complete year that's always sort of interesting to me when someone's sort of been out of the loop and then comes back in obviously studying his own practices taking that step back but also sort of studying the league and having more time to study the league and maybe what san francisco is doing in the running game and that's that was one of the issues in green bay is that aaron Rodgers rarely had a great running game and as soon as mike mccarthy leaves all of a sudden they got a pretty dang good running game, right? So you would think Mike would want to study that more and do some of those things that Dallas has had a very good running game with Zika Elliott uh, in his time there as their tailback. So I just find that team, you know, sort of fascinating. You know, the Giants are... I don't, they don't. I don't think they have very much talent. Uh, the Eagles had like every injured, uh, you know, player you could possibly think of on their roster. You know, last year, I was speaking to somebody with the Eagles organization, one of the coaches about uh you know their offense and uh, uh Doug Peterson he's very sort of traditional more old school Andy Reid offense and not quite as creative maybe uh you know as an Andy Reid I do know for a fact that they're really excited to add Rich Scangarello to that group because uh, you know, uh, Jeff Lurie, the owner, wants a little more of that Kyle Shanahan zone play action bootleg stuff because they do very little for for how good Carson Wentz is. They are in shotgun all the time. They sort of they are really relying on him to sort of make everything happen. And now it'd be nice to have him under center 
a little play action and the bootleg stuff. I mean, he's such a good athlete. Uh, it, w- it would be nice to get him on the edge uh, and out of that pocket probably also you know save him f- from some of his injury situations. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that him in the shotgun, if something's not there, he takes off and he doesn't really know how to slide. And I'm not sure that's something anyone ever really learns, that you sort of have that instinct of what do I do here and Wentz always tries to push it for that extra yard or two. I was going to stay in the NFC East and go with the New York Giants because they have the fourth overall pick here. They have a roster that is just filled with all sorts of holes, and they have the number four overall pick. So you could look at it and say, well, you could get a really excellent player at number four. You could get somebody who wants to trade up that might think that Justin Herbert is worth drafting high which you and i are on the same page in not thinking that also the Giants. somebody will get fooled right right, exactly someone's getting fooled someone's gonna want that top pick to try and take justin herbert i think if you're that tall and you put up big numbers and you have giant hands probably someone is going to become obsessed with you through the process and he looked really good at the senior bowl which those guys usually do so the giants are not in a position where they would want to draft a quarterback because they have Daniel Jones from picking him last year they but they also need franchise changing players. So they need a wide. They need a wide receiver. Right, I mean, right. they let they let Odell Beckham go not because of his talent, but I think they were sort of concerned about just all the other stuff that Odell seemed to be adding to that team. Right. And you're trying to you're they know they're sort of starting over, and they want guys who aren't a distraction. And Odell sort of like sort of like finds the distraction, like he he is the distraction. And so um, you know, some people have him as have him as the have has the Giants, excuse me, drafting Jerry Judy, the wide receiver out of. Alabama, and I've who, seen Henry Ruggs too, another top receiver who's yeah, out there. Yeah, so you know it's the classic thing. It's like when Matt Ryan was drafted by uh, Atlanta. It's like okay, they got the quarterback, they got Daniel Jones. Let's get all these weapons around him. Started off where they have Saquon Barkley, that's great, but now they need some wide receivers and and some other talented players and you know, probably some offensive linemen. So I can definitely see the Giants going uh, offense heavy in this draft. Well, and I also think that you know team trade down would make a lot of sense here for them because they. They just have so many holes so that they could get Henry Ruggs or they could get Jerry Judy, but you know, five picks lower or something like that if they decided to move down. And so I don't look at them as a team that if you're a Vikings fan, you're going, oh, let's talk about the New York Giants. But the Giants could swing someone else's future by what they do if they're letting somebody else potentially trade up and make a move to get a quarterback or something like that, and then the Giants all of a sudden get better by adding talent. It's sort of a down-the-road thing. It's like there are those teams that are going to draft impact players that could be very uh, uh, significant in 2020, and then there are those who could let those teams draft players who become significant in 2020. I mean, we're assuming that the only trades up are going to be for quarterbacks, but if someone gets really hot and heavy on Isaiah Simmons to try and move up, if he gets to the number 4 pick, then you could be talking about potentially a good team adding a great player. Kind of like when uh, Los Angeles got Derwin James, it was luck. He dropped in the draft to them. But he was a huge impact player right away, and Simmons has been compared to him. So if you're in the NFC and there's somebody... You know, maybe like I don't know. You know, the Packers or the Detroit Lions trying to uh, move back with the Giants. You know, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of different type of scenarios that could play into this. Um, and I think the Giants are kind of in the middle of everything, but not necessarily being talked about because they've just been so bad. Right? And they and they they have a quarterback. That's the thing is, yeah. when you have yep. a really high pick and you have a quarterback that makes you a really intriguing 
team in the draft because everyone thinks, you know, if you're usually when you're a high pick, you don't have a quarterback. Right. Well, they, they really think they do, but they need a lot of pieces. And, and obviously they're sort of starting over here the last couple of years uh, with Gettleman, Dave Gettleman, their, their general manager. I uh, got rid of Jerry Reese a few years ago and, and said they are truly sort of starting over. They were, were, you know, again, trading Odell Beckham last year to get draft picks for, you know, guys for like this year. So another team that I find interesting is the Indianapolis Colts. This is a team that just a couple years ago, uh, you know, was in the playoffs and having a heck of a season. And their quarterback situation is sort of like, well, they, you know, Brissett's okay, like he's not terrible, like they're okay he's not at a that starter. position, but he's not. You know, they, they need to upgrade at that spot, but yet they don't have a top five pick. They're at number thirteen, and and some people have him as uh, or have them as going after you know one of these other quarterbacks like a Jacob Eason. Uh, you know, is he one of those guys? He's to me, he's very very similar in some ways to a Justin Herbert. He's sort of he, when he walks in the room, you sort of go, wow, look at this kid, six foot six, two hundred thirty pounds. He's got a big arm. I was watching some film on him uh, the other day, but uh, you know we'll, we'll have to see how we interviewed and all those types of things, and obviously how he throws tonight, how he throws on Thursday night. Uh, I don't think that. That goes a long way uh, to this stuff, but it's a nice little addition uh, to what they've seen, uh, you know, throughout the college season. It would make a ton of sense for the Indianapolis Colts to sign Philip Rivers and draft someone else, and have that someone else sit behind Philip Rivers, a, a great guy, just an A plus person to be behind, learn from him for a year or even two years, so they can compete in a Super Bowl window. But then when they have to pay people, they could turn it over to the guy that they drafted. But you know they need receivers too. They have that great offensive line. They spend a bunch of picks with it, but they don't have, other than T.Y. Hilton, a whole lot of weapons. Marlon Mack in the backfield is a good player, but uh, the mock draft that I'm looking at that I want us to analyze closely has them taking a receiver in a really excellent receiver class. But I agree with Indianapolis in part because they could get up even higher if they had one player they really wanted. But they're that San Francisco 49ers-like team that had the quarterback issue where Andrew Luck just retires on them. So they're bad. They have a fairly high pick. They can add somebody else to a team that, in my mind, is really good. And you mentioned earlier in the show a division that's just very meh. Nobody in the Mm -hmm. AFC South is really super scary there. Unless Tennessee gets Tom Brady, I think the Jaguars are a bad team again. Houston has a new play caller, which might help, but you're still talking about Deshaun Watson having to carry a very heavy load there. So if you're looking for a team that could be a Super Bowl contender that could go 13-3 and with a Phillip Rivers playing quarterback if he's still got it, I like Indianapolis as your pick for being one of the most interesting teams. And, and and one more that I want to bring in here is Washington. And even though I don't think Washington is a good team or a good franchise, or I don't think they're going to be uh, an impact team uh, over the next few years. Does, I just, I does think, Ron Rivera change that for you, though? It definitely helps. Uh, and I think that he's going to have maybe a little bit more power. He's got more obviously more clout uh, than like a Jay Gruden did because you know he was in the Super Bowl and he, he had a lot of success as the Carolina head coach. And, but why I find them fascinating is, is this. Not because they have a second pick, and they'll, I assume, will draft Chase Young with that second pick. I mean, he really does seem far and above all the other defensive ends in this draft. But it's more the fact that they will have the second pick of the second round. 
and they have an owner who likes to be interesting and he I'm sure would love to uh, you know make a splash on you know n- night one of the draft uh, but with that really really high second round pick that's basically a low first round pick I can definitely see them giving up that second round pick maybe giving up a third or a fourth to try to move into like the 25th pick of the first round so let me bring up a fun scenario with Washington here so last year the Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen they played him for one year they were not that impressed Two years, two years ago. Sorry, yeah, two years ago. And then last year, they draft a quarterback again, and he looks really darn good. And by the way, is my final team. We'll get to that in a second for most interesting, and then we can. By the way, uh, he is good. Like he is. He's good. He is. He's legit. He's a ball. He can play. And so, thank goodness that they allowed uh, him to be number one without being scared of his height and all that sort of thing. But anyway. They made the right move, it looks like. Rosen struggled again with his second team, and he might not be good. And it was a gutsy move to say, eh, we're just going to move on from you and draft someone else. What if Washington drafted Tua, number two, and maybe even kept Dwayne Haskins? Because I'm not convinced Dwayne Haskins is awful. I watched a couple of his games against the Vikings. He was awful. But later on in the season, he had his moments. But he's far from a sure thing. I think that Tua is a much better prospect a defensive end is great. A defensive end is not going to f- entirely change the entire face of your organization the way a quarterback does. It's nice to have. It's really nice to have. But Kirk Cousins is going to determine how many games the Vikings win, not Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter will help, but he's not going to determine if you're 10-6 and six or 5-11. and 11. That's what a quarterback does. So if I'm Washington, I'm picking to a number two. And if... I play Haskins as the starter in year one, and it doesn't really work out. I could trade Haskins to somebody else or whatever. The, the quarterback's just too important, and if Haskins isn't the guy, you're screwed. So here's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to press the X button for you why I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, I don't think it's going to happen either. Uh, it's because I talked to Scott Turner the other night, the new offensive coordinator for Washington, and uh, and we were discussing sort of the situation, like what do you think of Dwayne Haskins, and, and a couple things. One, Ohio State quarterbacks have not done well in the NFL for all the success that Urban Myers had over the years, and even really going back to Florida. They, he just has not had NFL quarterbacks. While they run such a sort of strange spread system there, I think a lot of those guys are woefully unprepared to be true NFL. Po- plus, they're more runners, you know, so it's they're not really great pocket passers. Well, Haskins is different. He really is a pocket passer. You're right. Uh, he really does have a, a great arm and is a good thrower and all those types of things. And I think that he's one of those guys that probably just needs some season. Seasoning, uh, some marinating uh, for a year or for two years or for three years to become a really good quarterback. And the reason I bring up what Scott Turner said to me the other night was, he goes, listen, uh, you know, he goes, I, I've watched some of his film. He does a lot of really good things. He did throw. People talk about Joe Burrow's crazy season he had last year where he threw 60 touchdown passes. Dwayne Haskins threw 50 touchdown right. passes yeah. uh, two years ago at Ohio State. Yep. So it's not like he's some guy who didn't. I mean, he put up crazy numbers, but people just for whatever reason, probably because it's the Ohio State quarterback thing, haven't put him in that class as a great thrower, but he is a very good thrower. And and, and I think he fits very well uh, into Scott Turner's system because Scott likes those sort of big, strong-arm quarterbacks. He's not a spread guy or anything 
anything like that. He likes those guys that can come back and, and throw 20-yard comebacks and, and, and start, like to throw deep. He's very similar to his dad in that situation. So he might be fantastic, Haskins. I, I mean, I would leave the door open to that. He didn't play enough to get a huge sample size on him. And even rookie years, as we saw from someone like Jared Goff and even Carson Wentz, those guys struggled in their first year and then were great in their second year. So we'll see. But if I'm them, I'm thinking nothing impacts my franchise more than this one position. So if I have two guys who are very highly talented and I get a look at both of them for an entire year, Haskins plays, Tua waits. If Haskins is really good in year two, which you can pick up pretty quickly if a guy's going to be good these days, then you just stick with him and trade Tua for a first-round pick because someone will give it to you the next year, and you feel great about yourself. And if Haskins struggles big time, you trade him for a second-round pick, and then you play Tua the following I don't know. The whole problem, if he struggles big time, then he becomes Josh Rosen, and I don't know what what was Rosen for a fourth-round pick. Second. It was a second-round pick. It was. Yes, yeah. Oh, there you go. Because teams are so desperate. Potential is still sort of there, yeah. Hasn't, hasn't been ruined yet. I think that there is no level of aggressiveness with the quarterback position that's too much because it's just so important in whether you win or lose or your franchise is great or whether you win the Super Bowl or not. So if you don't have a guy who can win the Super Bowl, keep drafting people. And, and if you're not sure, then still keep drafting people. And the quarterback position is why, and it's so important to these NFL teams, but it's why as the NFL really does sort of kick off the true combine tonight, at least the on-the-field stuff, it's why the quarterbacks, they don't go first. The tight ends go at 5 o'clock today. Of course, we're Eastern time, but the quarterbacks will be throwing after that in prime time on the really the opening night of the 2020 NFL Combine. So uh, the NFL They've got tight ends as the cover band that plays yeah, before yeah. the real band at first half. That, that, that's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. So, uh, But yeah, prime time tonight, it will be the quarterbacks throwing, and, and it will at least get uh, you know how, the, how they look and, and uh, how their drops are and, and all those types of things. But you know, at the end of the day, and I've heard this time and time again too, and, and Zimmer said this yesterday, it's really all about the tape. I mean, the tape, I think, is like 80% uh, of what they really think about and these, the, some of these numbers things just sort of confirm, or maybe they there's a little bit question marks, but right. at the end of the day, it's all about that college tape. Okay, so the best way to wrap up our broadcasting from Indy is to look at a mock draft, I think, the most appropriate way. So I have one from CBS Sports here, and uh, no surprise, they have Joe Burrow going number one, Chase Young number two, and the Chargers trading up for Tua at number three. How about the Chargers get Brady and draft Tua? What an offseason. Oh, there you go. What an offseason. Well, so the, the whole fascinating aspect of Tom Brady is, you know, the fact that he's probably just going to be there for a year or two and you're going to create this Draft en- Tua. Yeah, but you're going to create this entire offense for Tom Brady which will be might be gone in 365 days. And that is sort of the uh maybe the challenge of sort of going in all in on a guy uh that won't be there, you know, long after that and sort of shaking up the entire organization basically for this one player. A couple of different drafts. I've seen two different mock drafts that the Vikings will be taking Trafon Diggs. Did you already uh, jump the gun here and go right down to the Oh, well, I went all the way down to the Vikings, I guess. So I've, I've just seen it twice now. That uh, uh, and Again, maybe that's uh, to try to help okay, out. Okay, you with, didn't. My with, mock that I have here is different. So. Oh, yeah. So I've seen two of them now that has uh, Stefan Diggs' uh, younger brother, uh, who is a cornerback from Alabama, of them taking them. And I think that just sort of fits a lot of things. It's like, yeah, they do need a corner. And it would be nice to make Stefan a little bit happier uh, by drafting his brother, who will now have to be there for the next four or five years. And he fits Zimmer. I mean, he's really tall. 
He's lanky. He's incredibly fast. And, and those things are just hard to find for people who can actually play and think about who was playing in the SEC this year against Alabama. There were a lot of great offenses, including LSU's offense. And, and so it's not like he was facing easy competition. Some of those offenses have great wide receivers who are getting drafted really high, and he got to go up against them. So you could get a really good idea of what he's going to be. But By the way, I, I was told yesterday that no NFL team has a better wide receiver core than LSU. That they oh, have yeah. so much I mean, talent. It's crazy. Almost every wide receiver they have in their first four or five guys. Of course, some of those guys are like freshmen, sophomores. Yeah. So they got a couple years to go, but almost all those guys will be drafted in the first three rounds. And NFL teams just don't have five guys that, that will all be drafting that were drafting the first three rounds. But LSU does, and that is the one reason I would say to wonder about Burrow in terms of stepping in because he did have such great receivers. Um, continuing to work our way down this mock. Uh, Justin Herbert going to the Dolphins. You know, so now I, now I just had it ping in my head that like, wait, now I'm seeing Herbert way too high on these mocks. But then I'm, you know, NFL teams are going to be NFL teams and be convinced that he's a great athlete and also he's got the big arm and everything else. Do you know where I see that working? But I out? wonder if he could. I wonder if he could drop. Well, I, and I've heard that. I've, I have heard the Dolphins really like him. But it always seems like to me that when when coaches are defensive head coaches, when they have a quarterback that has all like this sort of these numbers of like, oh, look at this guy and look how the ball comes out. Yeah. But like they don't see the gamesmanship, I guess, uh, sure. of a quarter like the Drew Brees sort of stuff that maybe an offensive head coach, you know, just might see. So I can very much see the Dolphins making a reach because of the defensive head coach and just sort of those tangible numbers and, and sort of how Justin Herbert looks as an athlete and as a thrower. Yeah. But to me, I just don't see him as a you know real really good quarterback and uh, and and you know play, there's so many complexities to the position and you know the combine number stuff to me is like almost like the least important of all the things that make a, a true you know, great quarterback that you'd want to draft in the first round. Okay, so this CBS mock for the end of our show here in Indianapolis has a really interesting scenario. If the Vikings were picking. With C.J. Henderson, cornerback, on the board, but also Alabama's Jaderic Wills on the board, who is a really, really good athlete and probably will go before that would be my guess because a lot of people are saying he's the best tackle, potentially him and Andrew Thomas. But if there is a top-ranked tackle on the board and a solid-ranked corner, I think they go tackle. I don't think they go corner. Yeah, I think the game plan is this. You know, we talked about how you know sometimes great safeties who maybe normally would be like a high first-round draft pick, but just because safety sometimes has a little bit less value, they end up sort of dropping in the draft as everyone's looking for quarterbacks and left tackles and corners uh, that the Vikings might go safety in that first round. But uh, I look at it as 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 tackle, left tackle, offensive left tackle, um, cornerback, and safety probably is the main three spots. Of course, they'll end up drafting a linebacker or something. In uh, the which fifth. They, which they have three good ones. But um, I see of those three spots, and it might come down to on the boards that they have of, you know, who, if, 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 uh, if their favorite tackles are gone before that, um, but yet the you know the the cornerback's still there, so it may not be like they have a certain guy pinned for that spot right now, but it's more of which guys are left over of those of those three positions right. uh, as teams sometimes like you know once a tackle goes down, then they start making this run on tackles because everyone's looking for that spot, and then ooh now there's all of a sudden these good corners mm-hmm. who people had as a higher first round draft pick that have now fallen to the late in the first round. So I almost see it playing like that to try to get some value in case teams start making a run on a position on one of those 
those three positions that uh, the Vikings also need. A fascinating and tricky beast, the draft, and we will continue to cover it, but I am getting on a plane to go home. You are going to watch quarterbacks throw footballs, which will be super fun for you, and I can't wait to hear on Monday what you think of the guys who are throwing here at the Combine. So I appreciate all your great work, Sage, and your insider effort um, to get us scoops here on the show. Great work this week. Really enjoyed doing the shows with you. And thank you to all who listen. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back in studio in uh, Minnesota. We'll have Matt Harmon on from Yahoo Sports. And uh, we will talk to you then. Coming up next, Mackie and Judd with Rami here on School North. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.